we call in this series Born for Battle. And I want to begin uh, with this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, he meaning Jesus, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, give, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, most of us are familiar with that passage of scripture, right? Most of us know that passage of scripture as the Lord's prayer. And uh, I, I don't want to talk a lot about this other than for the purpose of this message, focus in on, on verse 4, where Jesus said, pray this way, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, wouldn't you agree with me that, that if Jesus taught us to pray, that we would not be led into temptation and we would be delivered from the evil one, that we do have an evil one to contend with. Would you believe that? You know, I call this portion of this outline for prayer the part of warfare prayer. Jesus taught us to engage in warfare prayer. And I believe that Jesus wants us to do warfare. And so, you know, about a month ago, I just felt impressed of the Lord to teach a series on spiritual warfare. And, um, and, and you know, it... it um, it was just so uh, so uh, strong in my spirit that the closer we got to the end of the last series, the more I got excited about teaching this series. And, and what I felt the Lord tell me to do is I want you to just uh, teach on spiritual warfare and uh, not only teach on it, but I want you to mobilize the church into warfare. And because it's not just good enough to just learn about something. I mean, you could go to school to be a nurse, but until you get next to that bed and you, you start an IV in a patient, you, you, that's when you really learn how to be a nurse, right? But you know, listen, we can learn how to do warfare till Jesus comes back, but until we gauge in the warfare, then it don't do us much good to just learn about warfare. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be teaching about it. And I've asked Pastor Brandon and Pastor Kelly and Pastor Rob, whoever's teaching on the midweek service to stay in the vein and focus on spiritual warfare. And we're just going to focus and we're just going to, we're just going to park right here and we're going to talk about it. Amen. And here's what I believe that sometimes many of us are struggling in our life. We're going through trials and tribulations. We're having problems in relationships. We're financially, we're struggling. We're struggling in different areas of our life. We're discouraged. We're depressed. We feel like a failure and we got all these things going on. And the last thing that we ever think about is we might be in a spiritual battle. How many of you know that we walk through spiritual battles? Amen. And sometimes we just simply get attacked by the evil one. Um, uh, Doug, could you put up uh, Luke chapter four and verse 13? Do you remember when Jesus was in the wilderness? And, and, uh, he was in, he, he was under spiritual attack, right? Satan came to him, tempted him, tried to get him to, uh, to dis, uh, to disobey God's law. And look what it says in verse 13. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Now the King James says until another season. Now listen, if Jesus, the son of God encountered spiritual attacks, don't you think you and I will enc encounter spiritual attacks? Come on. Y'all help me preach this morning. Are you out there? Listen, the teacher is not greater than the master. If Jesus came under spiritual attack, I believe we will too. And notice it said until another season or another opportune time. This wasn't the last time that Satan came against Jesus. And it's not going to be whether you've been attacked before. I believe it's not going to be the last time that we're going to go under spiritual attack. Amen. And so we need to be aware of that. And here's what I believe. Sometimes many of our struggles and problems are associated with a spiritual, a spiritual attack instead of just 
the natural things that we deal with. First Timothy chapter one and verse 18, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. I mean, you know, the Lord has battles and he's called you and I to fight in his battles. And as we begin the series, I want to remind every born again Christian. How many of you are Christian here? How many of you are born again? You're believers in here. I want you to know that every born again believer is born for battle. We were born for battle. And in Revelation chapter 12, you'll find, you'll see the picture of that. But Jesus said in Matthew 10, 34, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. How many of you know that the Lord came as the line of the tribe of Judah and he came to take over? Amen. He came to do warfare and take over the adversary. But the sword reminds us that we're in a spiritual conflict. And so to live a victorious Christian life, we must face the reality of the spiritual battle that we're living in. You see, too many Christians or too many believers, they're, they're unaware they're unaware or they're just apathetic about the spiritual battle that they're in. It's kind of like spiritually speaking, we can have our heads and our head in the clouds and not recognize what we're dealing with on a daily basis. But in Revelation chapter 12, it gives us a very clear picture of what we're dealing with here. In Revelation 12, 7, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels and the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. And notice Revelation 12 tells us that there was a war in heaven between two spiritual opponents. First, there was Michael and his angels that warred against the dragon and his angels. Michael was the Lord's head archangel. And, and he was the leader of the angelic army, God's army. And then there was the dragon, the serpent of old, Satan, the devil, who led the demonic angels. So there was a war that went, that took place. And the dragon and his angels, the Bible tells us, was defeated by Michael and his angels. And then the scripture says that Satan and one third of the angels were kicked out of heaven that day. And they were thrown out of heaven. Now the question is, where did Satan and his angels go after they were thrown out of heaven? Well, the Bible tells us in, in that passage of scripture, they were thrown upon the earth. In Job chapter one, in this dialogue between Satan and, and, and God, it says this, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Satan said, I've been patrolling the earth and I've been watching everything that's going on. How many of you know the devil knows what's going on? He knows what's going on. Amen. And so since the war in heaven, Satan and his angels are patrolling on the earth. And what, what are they doing? Well, Revelation 12, 13 and 17 says, When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Now, every theologian believes that the woman represents the universal church from which the male child came from. And, and verse 17 says, and the dragon, Satan, was angry with the woman, the universal church, and declared war against the rest of her children, the Christians, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony of Jesus. You see, the focus of Satan and his angels is to war against every Christian. See, as soon as you got born again, you were born for battle. You were born. You got a bullseye on your back. Listen, the devil don't care about those that are lost that stayed up to four o'clock in the morning just doing all kinds of sorts of evil and wickedness. He could care less. He's already got them in his clutches. Who he cares about are those that hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's who he cares about. 
And that's who he wars against. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And so here's what you need to know. If you are a for real Christian, if you are a genuine born again, child of God, living for God, you are in a spiritual battle. You are born for battle. Now, by virtue of our spiritual birth, we were born for battle. Now, there's two kinds of there's two kinds of people out there, two kinds of Christians, really. They're those that um, that put way too much emphasis on the enemy. I mean, they're looking for a devil under every bush. Their tire goes flat. That's a devil. Their their hair won't lay down. That's the devil. And so some people, they put way too much, they give the devil way too much credit. Amen. But then on the other hand, there are those that have their head in the sand and they put no emphasis on the devil at all. They, they're like, he doesn't exist. Yes, he does exist. And we need to be aware of it. See, neither one of those are good. If we put too much emphasis on him or no emphasis on him, either one of those are not good. Amen. We need to recognize something. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be careful. Watch out for the attacks from Satan. Your great enemy, he prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion looking for some victim to tear apart. You know what the scripture, Paul is encouraging us, or Peter is rather. He's encouraging us, hey, don't fall asleep spiritually. Stay awake. Stay awake. Keep your eyes wide open. Because Satan is, is moving on the earth like a roaring lion. And he's looking for one more victim. He's looking for one more person to take down. You know, we're, we're living in a spiritual battle. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we don't recognize that. I remember whenever I first became a Christian, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know much, you know. Uh, I had to get somebody else to find a passages of scripture in the Bible. I didn't know Malachi from Matthew or, you know, but, uh, you know, I was, I was just really contemplating my life and I was thinking maybe God wants me to be a missionary. And so I was talking to brother Francis about that one day and he said, well, you know, one of the things you should do, Todd, if you, if you're not for sure is go on a mission trip. Because if you go on a mission trip, either you'll find out, hey, I, you really like that, or that really feels like what you want to do, or you'll find out, man, this is not for me. And so we had a, a, a friend here in the church that was a, a missionary to Haiti. And, uh, and so Brother Bobby Walker. And so he, uh, I, I asked Brother Bobby if I could go with him on a mission trip. So I went to Haiti for a week. And uh, during that week, we were doing some, we were doing some uh, evangelistic outreaches. We put a projector on a Jeep and hang a sheet on some trees and show the Jesus film and have an altar call and, and lead people to Christ. And uh, one one day, while we were waiting for night to go do an, a crusade, uh, we went visit an orphanage, and the, and they had children just running around. and And we got ready to leave, and the pastor that was giving us the tour, he said, "Look, we got one of our kids that's really, really sick. We don't know if he's going to make it. Would you guys mind praying for him before y'all leave?" And it was me and a couple other pastors, and and they, he was laying on this this mat outside uh, near the playground where the kids were playing. They just had him in the shade. And so we gathered around them and we started praying for him. And he was, he was so lethargic. His eyes were closed. He wasn't moving a muscle. He, he looked like he was in a coma. But I kid you not, when we put our hands on him and started praying for him, that little fella came alive. And he started slithering like a snake. And his tongue started darting out like a serpent. And he was hissing at us, trying to bite us as we were laying hands on him. And I'm telling you, our prayer came to a new level after that happened. Amen. And we started binding and loosening. And I'm telling we started praying like it was our last prayer we're going to pray before we went see Jesus. Amen. But wow, you talk about shocked. I mean, this little kid. He acted so much like a snake. You would not believe. I've never seen anything like that since. But I'm telling you, it will never leave my mind. Man, I walked away from that going, who 
in their right mind would try to say that there is no devil and there are no demons. If you just saw what I just saw, brother, you would have to surrender and say, there is, there is. Amen. You see, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't change anything. The enemy is here and he hates God's children and he's warring against God's children and he's trying to take as many down as he can. Amen. Y'all believe that? Listen, if you don't wake up to the reality of the spiritual battle you're in, you could be easily his prey. So we need to wake up. To win the battle, we must be knowledgeable of the battle. Second Corinthians 2.11 says this, So that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. How many of you know he has schemes? And we need to be knowledgeable of his schemes, of his devices, of the way that he works. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because they don't know what's going on. We must remember that our spiritual battle is a battle that happens in the invisible realm and our enemy is an invisible enemy. You see, while we're in here breathing and, and, and talking and having church, we can't see with the natural eye, but there are particles that are flying around in the air right now. There are dust particles. If we had a microscope, we could easily see them, but with the natural eye, they're hard to see. In fact, if we laid this Bible right here on this, on this stage, and we came back in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, we would see a layer of dust here. Because there's something in the, in the invisible, in the realm that we can't see that's really there. And you see, spiritually speaking, saints of God, though we can't see it with our natural eye, there is an enemy in the invisible realm. And the enemy is a spirit, and he's an invisible spirit that we have to contend with each and every day. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. In heavenly places means in the, in the heavenly realm, in the, in the earthly realm. And so according to Paul, this war that we're warring, is an invisible battle against an invisible opponent. And then Ephesians 6 tells us that this enemy we're waging has an order, has a spiritual order. And they have, they have a, 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 a hierarchy. And they have a, a structure of the way they operate, according to Paul. Satan's spiritual rank and file charts looks like this. First of all, there's some principalities. Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities are prince, a prince over a palady or a ruler over an area. And it's the highest level of demonic resistance and at the top of the chain. It's the, it's Satan's generals and his army. And their job is to control geographical regions or geographical locations. We see an example of this when Daniel had received a vision from God but didn't understand what it was. And he went on a 21-day fast praying and asking God for revelation of this vision. And the Bible tells us in verse 12, Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, the prince of Persia was this demon, this demonic stronghold that was holding Persia and keeping it under its grip. 
And as Daniel fasted and prayed, the answer, an angel was assigned to bring the answer to Daniel. But the angel said, I was on my way as soon as you started praying, but I encountered some resistance in the heavenlies. The prince of Persia withstood me, was keeping me until Michael came and helped me. And then I was able to come and give you the answer. If that's not a picture of warfare, nothing is. It's warfare. There's a war in the heavens. And I believe just as Satan assigned a principality over over Persia, which, by the way, is modern day Iran, he assigns principalities over different regions and the nations of the world. You know, like, did you ever hear that that Seattle, Washington is the suicide capital of the world? There's more suicides per capita in Seattle than any other place in the world. Did you know that there's more depressed people in Alaska than any other place in the world? You know, there's places that it's, it's incredible. Whenever you think of Las Vegas, what do you think? Whenever you think of New Orleans, what do you think? New Orleans is one of the murder capitals of the world. But you know, sometimes, could it be that there's a prince over Las Vegas? Could it be that there's a prince over Seattle, Washington? See, we don't think about that sometimes. We just kind of just live our Christian life with our head down and we just going to work and we're just paying the bills and we're just dealing with all kinds of stuff and we forget about what we're really dealing with. And I believe that the Lord is saying, hey, come on, church, wake up. Come on, you're not in the nursery. You're in the warfare, man. Come on, you're a soldier in the army of God. Rise up, man of God. Wake up to the battle that you're in. Amen. Entire geographical regions, I believe, are controlled by demonic principalities. And so there's principalities in the second layers, powers and rulers of darkness. In verse 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness. Powers and rulers of darkness are the next two levels of demonic resistance that we contend with. And these are spirits that rule over an area and they really carry out the plan of the principalities. Their job is believed to be to dominate and rule over an area and carry out the goal of the controlling spirits. They may be prevailing spirits of Murder or, or, or immorality or violence or crime. You know, and, and have you heard of this, man? No restaurant makes it at that location. Maybe, maybe there's powers and rulers that are holding that place captive. Come on, are y'all out there? Am I talking to the right people here today? And so listen. You know, in fact, let me mention, I, I, this past week, Tony and I had, had uh, lunch with Ken Hargrave. And, uh, you know, Ken Hargrave has been doing uh, Hard for Children out in Ildecon for quite a while now, for several years. And, uh, you know, uh, Ildecon uh, has, uh, has had a reputation of call, being called Ildecrime because so much crime happened right here. And uh, Ken, because his ministry was there, he got on an email list. And every time there was somebody arrested, every time a crime uh, happened, he would be made aware of it. And he was telling me that there was, there's been over 200-something crimes in one year in Ildecon. And uh, he quit getting email, and he talked to the guy. He ran into him somewhere, and he said, Hey, man, what, you took me off the email list? And he said, No, you know, come to think of it, man, there just hadn't been any crime back there. Now, listen, how about about that? That's a turnaround. But listen, some of you have been here uh, long enough to remember this. Sometimes in our Sunday service, I'd ask everybody to turn that way. And we would all turn that way, and we would all do warfare over Ildecon. Do you remember that? We'd do battle. Remember, we started giving out school supplies. The Lord said, your gift will make room for you. Remember that? And when so, you know, so now listen, from 200 some crimes to hardly nothing, I know there's still things happening back there, but it's not nearly what it used to be. And there's been ministry outreaches that have done outreach after outreach. In fact, there's even a church that has been established in Ildecon. Amen. Ildecon Church right there. Amen. 
How about that for a turnaround? I'm talking about the church, the warriors in God's kingdom can make a difference. Amen. Well, then the third layer of Satan's spiritual organizational chart is the host of wickedness. Verse 12, one more time. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I believe these are the foot soldiers. I believe these are the demons that we have to contend with each and every day. And I believe these are the demons that entice people to sin, that try to lure people into evil and wickedness. And, And their job is to whisper lies into our ears and get us to believe things that are false, that are wrong, that are against God's Word. And the thing about these demons is they already got a, they already got kind of a, a stronghold down there in town. So now they come hang around church and they try to operate in church and they try to get a sister over here to get mad at a sister over here. And so they're both in unforgiveness. So then he got them trapped and then he tries to get a brother over here. Lusting after a sister over here so he can get both of them in trap. And so he's working in the pews and he's working in church because he's not satisfied that he's got a bunch of rulers, a bunch of servants out there. He wants everybody in church to be bound up. And his demons are working overtime. Trying to keep the church from moving forward. And so Paul said in Ephesians 6, 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Lord wants the church to stand up. The Lord wants the church to to stand against the wiles of the evil one. The Lord wants every Christian to engage in the spiritual battle that we're in. Amen? The advancement of God's kingdom depends on our engagement in the battle. This is what Jesus said, Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence and the violent have been seizing it by force. Now notice it says, since the days of John the Baptist until right now, until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violent spiritual attacks. Well, it's because of what we just read in Revelation 12. And the casualties of his spiritual war are all around us. Because of the spiritual resistance from the enemy, people remain in spiritual darkness. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now notice, it's the God of this world that blinds the minds of the unbelieving. So you see, you might be praying for a spouse or a child or a loved one or a co-worker or a neighbor. And you say, man, why don't they want to live for God? Why do they not want to serve Jesus? I tell you why. The God of this world has blinded their minds. There's a veil over their understanding. There's a, there's a veil over their, their spiritual eyes so they can't see. Because of the spiritual resistance, some continue to suffer from sickness and infirmity. In Luke 13, 11, Bible says Jesus saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. Every time I read that, it gives you a picture that this lady was walking around for 18 years. And the Bible says, I think the King James says, she had a spirit of infirmity on her right here. You know, it says it a little different and it says that that she had this this evil spirit that crippled her. 
This is a picture of what happens when the enemy does his work. And I believe that that there's some people that are around us that God is wanting to set free and, and, and we need to learn how to do spiritual warfare for them so that they can be delivered from that spirit of infirmity or sickness or whatever it might be so they can stand up straight and begin to worship and give glory and honor to God. Amen. Come on, can I get a witness in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Because of the spiritual resistance, people continue to be enslaved into bondages. Alcoholism, drug abuse, but all kinds of addictions. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit with power. And then Jesus went about, went around doing good, and listen, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. They were oppressed. Oppressed means to be under the power, the authority, or the influence of someone. So the scripture is saying Jesus went about delivering those that were under the power, the control, or the influence of the evil one. Now listen, I've been saved 30 years. I was 22 when I got saved. I went to church. I said prayer. You would have never convinced me that I was under the influence of the evil one. But I was under the influence of the evil one. Right? I was under his influence. You know how I know it? After I got saved, it showed up. Big time. Amen? But you know, you know, the point is this, is that there are people that are walking around that are enslaved, that are in bondage. And we say, man, why won't they quit drinking? Why won't they quit using? Why won't they quit that immoral life? It's because they're under the control of demonic influence. But Jesus died so they could be set free from that influence. Jesus died so we could be liberated from the influence of the enemy. Amen. That's why the church needs to learn how to engage in spiritual warfare so we can set our brothers and sisters free and we can be free ourselves and we can enjoy the life that God has for us. Amen. Because of the spiritual resistance, some people are robbed of their spiritual breakthrough. In 1 Corinthians 69, Paul said, for great and effective door, a great and effective door is opened up for me. But there are many adversaries. It was almost like he was saying, hey, listen, man, incredible opportunities for me to further the kingdom of God and my ministry is right before me. But I know that there's some adversaries there. I believe what he was saying is there, there's some demons standing in the door saying, I ain't letting you go through. I'm not, I'm not letting you get to your destiny. I'm not letting you get to where God wants you to go. I'm going to stop you because I hate you because you're one of the offsprings of the, of, of the, of the son of God. And I don't like you and I don't like him. And I'm going to do everything I can to stop you from going where you need to go. You know, I think the adversary was the enemy. In 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter said, be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. And so listen, could it be that there are people all around us? Could it be that you and I, that God has a greater destiny? God has a greater breakthrough? That God has something greater for us that we've not yet experienced? But there's some demonic resistance standing in the way. And when we try to get through that door, they hold the door and we push on the door and the door doesn't open. So we turn around and we walk away and we give up. Maybe what we need to do is we need to push on the door. And if the door don't open, we need to put our foot on it. Like the Lord said that he put his, our enemy under our foot and push that door open and go where God wants us to go. Come on. Are you with me out there? Come on, I believe God has more for us. It's time for the church to rise up. Come on, I said it's time for the church to rise up and begin engaging spiritual warfare like never before. Amen. I believe God has more in store. I believe he has greater things for the church of God. But we need to learn how to do warfare. I believe God has greater things for you, for me, for this church, for our community. Amen. And I believe God put this on my heart to teach about this. 
Because I believe God is wanting to do something in this house. I believe that because you're sitting here today, I believe God is wanting to do something for you, sir. He's wanting to do something for you, ma'am. I believe you hadn't tapped in to what God has for you. And God's saying, come on, stir up the army. Come on, stir up the army. Come on, stir up the army. The Lord says, listen, I didn't save you to stay in a nursery. Come on, with a pacifier. I saved you to kind of strap on your armor, to pull out your sword and go in and do battle and gain the promises that I paid such a high price for. Come on, y'all need to help me preach today. Come on, y'all need to help me today. Come on, someone, wake up, church. Come on, arise, church. Come on, awake thou at slumber. Wake up, for the battle is there. Come on, it's time for the church to begin doing battle. Matthew eleven twelve. 12. It was from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence. Listen, you know, I've noticed this. Every time somebody gets under a strong anointing and God starts using them, they come under incredible spiritual attack. You know, I've noticed this. Every time somebody starts coming to church and trying to live for God, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. I tell you what it is. The kingdom of heaven is suffering violence. The adversary is coming against the church, trying to get them to, to not believe in, in serving God, that it don't make any difference, that it don't matter whether you go to church or you read your Bible or you pray. Come on, the devil is coming against the kingdom of God, and he's trying to cause it to stop and to be hindered. The kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence. But I like the rest of the verse. And the violent have been seizing it by force. Come on, the word violent, it doesn't mean we go around punching people out. No, what it means is that it refers to the action of seizing or snatching something. It's not a, a politely asking, oh, would you give me that blessing? That's my blessing. No, it's more like a forceful, give me my blessing. That is my blessing. Amen. Come on, the Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And without us realizing it, he puts his hand in our pocket and he steals blessings from us and we just don't even realize where it went. And he's been stealing, he's been killing us, he's been robbing us, and it's time for the church to rise up as a warrior and say, no more, I'm not just going to allow you to come into my house and take my goods. I'm rising up in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to give me back everything you took from me. You're going to have to give me back everything you've stolen from me. You're a thief. You're a robber. But Jesus said that he's come that I might have life and I might have it abundantly. Amen. It's time to rise up. It's time to get in the battle. It's time to do, it's time to do warfare. Amen. Now, how do you do warfare? Well, you do warfare primarily through prayer. Whenever you pray, that's warfare. You know why it's so hard to pray? Because it's warfare. You know why the enemy don't want you to wake up and get up early before you go to work and pray? Because it's warfare. He don't want you to engage him. Amen. You know why your flesh don't want to do it? Because it's warfare. That's why. You know why it's so hard to maintain a spiritual devotional life? Because it's warfare. That's why. Because there's a battle going on. Amen. Listen, you know, some of you, you, you won the battle whenever you defeated the blankets today and you got up out of bed and you came to church today. Amen. And the first battle you got to win is the battle of the blankets, but don't stop with the blankets. Amen. Come on. Let's keep going and let's do battle in the kingdom of God. Come on. You ready army? Come on, you ready army? Come on, you ready army? Come on. I just listen. We gotta, we gotta engage our enemy and win the battles. Come on. Come on. There's plunder to take back. There's spoils to take back. Come on, man. Hey, listen, you know, the first, the first enemy the children of Israel went after when they went in the promised land was Jericho. When they went into Jericho, they were told, don't touch any of the, any of the, the plunder. But that was the last one. After that, he said, go in and take all the plunder. Amen. That was their tithe. Come on. He said, tithe. He, don't take their goods. Don't take their silver. Don't take their gold. Don't take their valuables. Leave it there. 
Come on, tie that. Keep your heart right. Now let's move on. Whenever you take down AI, come on, take all their goods. And when you go to the next enemy, take all their goods. That's a picture. The enemy has been stealing from us all our life. It's our job as the church of God, as the children of God, not to allow the enemy to defeat the kingdom of God. It's our job to stand up and just put our, put our, our feet solid on the, on the, on the rock of Jesus and say, no more, no longer, not on my watch are you taking anymore. In the name of Jesus, Jesus has given me the victory in the house of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Let me hear you say amen. Come on, everybody. Let me hear you shout amen. 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 I believe I'm doing warfare right now, even as I'm teaching. Praise the Lord. How do you engage the enemy? Primarily through prayer. Prayer is our primary. It's not our only weapon. We're going to talk more about that. But it's our primary weapon to defeat the enemy. James 5.16 says, The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You know what that tells me? Our prayer is like dynamite. Our prayer is like a bazooka. Like a scud missile. When we pray, the enemy breaks. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10.4 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. How many of you know you don't tell you a lie? I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I am with them. Amen. How many of you know there is power in agreement? There's power when the church comes together. Listen, I can do warfare on my own. But if I got the army with me, the devil is, he's done. He's defeated because the army of God, one can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000, not 2,000, 10,000. One can chase a thousand and not two, 2,000. I'm talking about multiplication of power, saints of God. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Are y'all with me today? The power of God delivers, sets free. Oh, I wish I could tell you what I'm really feeling this morning. I wish I could get over to you what I'm really experiencing today. Amen. I see it in the heavens right now. I see it in the heavens. Listen, the victory is already ours. The victory is already ours. It's not like we're going to go wishing we're going to think that we're going to win. The victory's already been won, baby. Come on, the battle is already done, baby. Come on, go in and take your plunder. Praise the Lord. Colossians 2.15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, By the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the teeth right out of Satan. He snatched his his claws right out of his paws. Whenever Jesus died on the cross, he put the enemy under his feet. Amen. And that's where he belongs in your life and in my life. Amen. He belongs under our feet. Listen, Jesus has already won the battle. Now he's waiting for us to assert our authority. He's waiting for us to assert our authority. You know, it's just like if you were a police officer and they hired you, you got the car, you got the uniform, you got the badge, and you got to swear it in. You are now a police officer. And you went out there on the street and somebody's breaking the law and you put your sirens on and you pull them over. Say, hey, man, them red lights, you know, they, they, you're supposed to stop when they red. I ain't stopping for them red. Oh, man, please. Please stop when they read. No, no. If you know who you are, you don't ask the dude to stop at the red lights. You assert your authority. Give me your license. Give me your insurance. You're going to pay for this because I got authority and you are going to stop at the red lights. Come on. I'm talking to somebody today. Come on. Come on. 
The enemy been coming. He's been passing your red lights. And it's time for you to rise up and assert your authority. Amen. And say no more of this. Amen. Come on. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will injure you. Come on. I don't think you heard it yet. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. You know what I've just been, I just, something just dropped in my spirit. Some people are afraid to do warfare. Oh no, if I do warfare, the devil's going to beat me up. I don't want him to even know I'm out there. Notice. He already knows. You're out there. Fear will keep us from engaging in warfare. And listen, you only fear warfare if you don't know who you are. If you don't know who you are as a child of God. Listen. When the, when the war was waged in Revelation 12, Michael won. Michael was on God's side. When Jesus faced the enemy, it looked like Jesus lost when he died. But when he came out of that grave, he declared, I won. And demons went scurrying everywhere. And he did that. And then he says, now, okay, Michael did it. I did it. It's time for you to do it. I won the battle so that you could have life and have it abundantly. I know the thief is out there killing, stealing, and destroying, but I came for you to have authority for you to win the spiritual battle. Amen. Are you getting this? The authority is yours. Greater is he that is in you than he is. Listen, we don't walk around cocky. We don't walk around arrogant because that's exactly what the enemy wants us to. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. We do warfare by submitting to God. Would you do me a favor and stand? Let's just take a moment right now. I believe God is wanting to do something over this house. Let me get a little bit more personal. I believe God is wanting to do something in your house. God is wanting to do something in your life. Come on. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to rise up. Come on. Just right there where you are. Come on. Let's submit ourselves to God. Let's submit ourselves to God. Let's take a moment right now. Come on. Let's just ask the Lord to come. Come on. Let's submit ourselves. Let's ask God. Come on. God, come. Spirit of God, come. Spirit of God, come. Come on. Listen, it's time to do war over families. It's time to do war over marriages. Come on, it's time to do war over finances. It's time to do war against the enemy. Come on, it's time to do war over bondages and addictions. Come on, it's time to do war over spiritual heaviness. It's time to do war. Come on, if you have the liberty, if you have the freedom, come on, lift your hands like this towards heaven. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands and just submit to God and say, God, come. God, come. Come on, there's something about it. You lift the little finger to draw nearer to God and God comes and meets you right where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that your spirit be released over this house. Lord, we pray, Lord God, we pray, bind up evil spirits. Bind up demonic hoes. Lord God, we ask you, loose your spirit. Loose your anointing. Lord, bring family breakthrough. Lord, bring deliverance today. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, I pray, come, come, Spirit of God. Come, anointing of God. Come on, help me pray. Come on, begin to cry out. If all you, all you know to do is to say, Jesus, say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I need a breakthrough. Jesus, come on, army. Come on, army. Come on, army. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare demonic spirits broken. I declare evil spirits destroyed. I declare ruling spirits broken. 
broken right now. We bind up every hindering spirit. Lord, we forbid every evil spirit, every controlling spirit from operating in families, in homes, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you are releasing your power and your presence and your anointing and your grace right now over this house. In Jesus' name, I declare, I declare, in Jesus' name, I break religion. I break tradition. I break, I break it right now. In Jesus' name, I break discouragement. I break depression. I break poverty in the name of Jesus. I break, I break every stronghold, every lie of the enemy. I pull it down. I break bitterness. I break unforgiveness in the name of Jesus. I declare, I declare unity among families, among people of God, among church people. I declare that the anointing of God is being released right now over this house in Jesus' mighty name. I pray in the name In the grace of Jesus and everybody that agreed, shouted amen. 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 Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Give Him glory. Come on, give Him high praise. Give Him high praise. Give Him high praise. Give Him him glory. This is warfare, saints. This is warfare. This is warfare. You can sense the atmosphere. You can sense the atmosphere. You can sense the presence of God. That's what you want to establish in your house. That's what you want to establish where you live. Where you work. Bring it where you go. Listen, don't go around binding and loosening in front of your boss. He's going to think you lost your head. You could do it under your breath. You could do it in the spirit. Amen. Come on. Let's step step into the role God has called us to stay in. Now listen, here's the plan of action. Don't just teach on it. Mobilize the army is what God said. Don't just teach on it. Mobilize the army. So for the next four Sundays at 9 o'clock service, we're going to have a prayer meeting up like we did for prayer and fasting at 8.30. Ask the pastors to lead it. And we're going to intercede. I encourage you, show up. Show up, set your alarm. Get here a little early. Go upstairs, stand in the gap. Do war over your life, over your destiny. Amen? 11 o'clock, 10.30, be up there. And have a pastor leading in warfare prayer. We're going to pray. Wednesday night, we're going to stay on the focus of warfare for this month, the next four weeks. And we're going to try to stay in the vein and preach on it, talk about it. We're going to do warfare. Amen? Listen, the reason why we're doing warfare is because we want the plunder on the other side. Amen? We want want the victory on the other side. Amen? Come on, are y'all with me? Are y'all in? Come on. Is there any soldier? Hey, listen, that room, I don't know, might hold 90, 100 people. Wouldn't it be a blessing if we couldn't fit everybody? There would be enough of you that would show up that are taking this serious that you come busting the door down. I'm here. Come on, let's do it. Let's do warfare. Amen. Come on, listen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what God may do? Who knows what may happen? Who knows? Listen, I don't want to wait till I'm flat on my back and the enemy's got his foot on my throat to decide I need to do warfare. While I'm standing, while I got some spiritual energy, I want to do warfare. Amen. It's a lot easier to do warfare when you're up and you're ready to swing than when you're flat on your back. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me? Too many times we wait till we're flat on our back before we engage. But come on, let's engage. And I know you will. And listen, I know that God has leading me to do this series because I know that God is wanting to do something special for you. If I can just encourage you, he's wanting to do something special for you. 
He's wanting you to get to the next level. He's wanting you to get free from things that have been holding you down. Some of you for 30 years. He's wanting to give you a victory. He's wanting to give you a breakthrough. He don't want you to just barely, barely get across the line and say, oh, Jesus, I made it. No, man, he wants you to be coming across that line like you do in the 40 yard dash. Amen. (laughs) Jesus, I started strong. I ended strong. And now I'm ready to worship with you for the rest of eternity. Amen. Amen.